0: Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And this is The Food Fight, a frank discussion of food culture featuring Australia's top chefs, producers and experts. We'll chat about real issues and go places others won't. This podcast travels throughout the country and we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather and speak. And we pay respect to elders, past, present and emerging. One of the most well-known pie shops in New South Wales, if not Australia, is Hayden's Pies in Ulladulla. This episode, we speak to the big man himself, Hayden Bridger, about starting the business and growing it from a small family-run pie shop to sometimes selling over 3,000 pies a day. We talk about what makes a really good pie, what makes his fillings so tasty, and we even taste test some pies at the end of the show. So here he is, Hayden Bridger from Hayden's Pies. It's awesome to get to talk to you, Hayden, and get to meet you because I've been eating your pies since I was a kid. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's like obviously something behind there. There's, there's definitely obviously a big passion for food behind there. So, so like, tell me about when you first got interested in food.
1: Yeah, uh, listen, I, I always, as a kid, I was always cooking at home. Like, um, grew up in the country. Um, Whereabouts? Uh, it's northeast Victoria, just up the Kiwa Valley, a okay. place called Baranduda. Probably the first time the word Baron has ever been mentioned on a podcast, I'd imagine. But um, shout out to Baronduda, <laughs> and uh, always cooking at home. Uh, Mum and dad always cooked, um, and so yeah, it just sort of rubbed off on me. Uh, but it wasn't until I sort of moved up to Sydney when I was eighteen that I sort of stumbled into a, um, a, a working in the kitchen as a kitchen hand. Yep. I'd, like I sort of drove up to Sydney. Got first day I was there, got the job of painting a pub. Yep. And the day that finished, I. <laughs> The kitchen end didn't show up, but I started washing dishes, and basically haven't stopped thinking about the industry since. You know? Yeah, and right. has been doing it for years. And so, life. where was that? Where, where was what that was, was that? That was in first Glebe, job? a little uh, pub called the Excelsior Hotel. It's not around anymore, but it was a great little kitchen. It just it was a bit of an eye opener to me, just of the industry, and um, you know, lots of just sort of pretty like a chalkboard menu, changing the menu weekly. Um, this, where I met a fellow called Xavier, he's a little French chef, he's a madman, but now he's works with us now. Okay. Uh, Inspire, yeah. So we've known each other for, oh God, nearly 30 years now. So, um, and he taught me a lot of, a lot of cooking skills and a lot of, about the industry and yeah, and just sort of snowballed from there and yep. worked at a few of the, a few of the traps around Sydney after that. N- no big kitchens, just small little sort of, you know, two or three chefs, um, yep. in the kitchen hand. No, no big brigades. Never sort of ventured into the. Did you train? Yeah, yeah. So I did an apprenticeship. Yeah, um, did the the school uh, the TAFE had it ride. Um, but you know, you mainly just learn your all your cooking skills from. Yeah, being you know hands on being in, in know, the kitchen. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so so that's what happened. So like, and it's funny because we've had the a similar story of progress from. A number of different chefs that we've talked to who said that they somehow found themselves washing dishes at a place, and then they started. Okay, well, we need some a spare set of hands mm. on on the tools, like yep. yeah, making yeah. or prepping or plating or whatever. Start it is. a salad or, yeah, you
1: know, char grill yeah. the octopus or whatever, and yeah, and that just, oh, just and that's where it went from there. Yeah, and you was, and you and you
0: just enjoyed that. I
1: loved it so much. I lo- Even the washing the dishes and just the hustle and bustle of the all the you know people swearing at each other and all that, and just the the rush of service <laughs> and. You know, frying pans getting thrown at you and stuff. I just yeah. loved it. It was bloody awesome. The yeah. pace of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're sort of pretty big camaraderie as well. You know, yeah. I, I sort of liken it to a, a footy team sometimes, you know, like it's it's a real team thing. And, you know, if not everyone sort of chips in and plays, plays, you know, like the whole team suffers. Do you know what I mean? So totally. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So I love it. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so through a few different kitchens in in sydney like did you i mean make an assumption like pub food can be pretty basic was there was there a place that you worked at where where you sort of stepped up your your knowledge of different different food and different techniques and all those sorts of things yeah
1: yeah so sort of um like after the excelsior i sort of moved over to oxford street a little restaurant called citrus which it's not there anymore either but that's where i met a couple of really sort of um really really great chefs and uh they sort of taught me a different side of things you know you know like the handmade pasta and all that type of thing and and so that was a good eye opener as well um but it was still that real small kitchen you know where you just you learn everything you know it's just not just you're stuck in one little section um Mm. and so and then I sort of moved over uh sort of over to the Balmain area after that and worked at um uh the welcome hotel and then over to uh, with Simon loge at Logue's eating house which was a good little restaurant in um belmoney for a while as well so mm-hmm. yeah and after that ended up over in europe so yeah right yeah. and what, what tell me about europe yeah so my wife's english and so we met when she was traveling around australia um went over when her visa ran out we sort of went and lived in her hometown in uh in the midlands it, place called northampton same again just small kitchens over there just running small kitchens and but saving the pound and then traveling around europe and you know eating our way around europe or um or southeast asia as well and pretty much what every chef's ever done yeah just do do a common story yeah yeah it's because it's such especially back then the pound was so strong you just sort of you work for two or three months then off you go somewhere for a couple of weeks Mm. and hang around North Italy for a while or whatever. and yeah,
0: Cool. How, how t- Remind me, what I want to do later when we're talking about pies mm. is we'll talk about the difference between British and Australian pies. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Yep. Um, but so what brought you down to the South Coast?
1: So when I moved back to Australia, uh, I just sort of uh, didn't really know what to do. And mum and dad wanted to sort of get into a business together and it was obviously going to be food. But they've had no background in... Food history at all in food at all, um, and so we just my sister just moved to the area with her husband and just had a little baby, um, and we just said, listen, we'd always holidayed on this coast from over Victoria, and we just right. loved this coast, and we just decided Aladala, and then it was just we didn't know what we wanted to do, but we we know we knew we wanted to do food, and then lost, me and Dad was sitting on the um, uh, fence outside the Marlin Hotel on a Sunday morning once, just sort of. Having a chat, and there was a half-eaten pie on the fence. Thing, oh, What about a pie shop? You know, if they if they can't eat a pie at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll do a pie shop. You know, and, <laughs> and it just it started as a bit of a joke like that, but then it just sort of it yeah, grew grew legs and ended up, yeah. A so pie shop. so mm-hmm. initial
0: conversations all between the family about, all right, pie shop. Like this is what we're going to do. Eventually, you kind of settled on pie shop. What were the you know, once he settled on pie shop, what uh, you know, what was next? Like, were you thinking at that time we want to do something different? We want to do something, you know, like where where did those conversations go in terms of how to how to do it successfully at the start?
1: Yeah, I, listen, I think every sort of cook or chef, you know, always wants to put their own spin on things. They want to sort of um, you know, create something that they've that's that there that's, that's theirs, mm. I suppose, and so. The baking industry is quite, a, quite different to, I think, the restaurant industry where there's, I think baking, like bakeries can try and do sort of too much. You know, like mm. they can try and do all the desserts, all the bread, all the pies and not focus on one particular thing. So one main thing that we decided was well, we're just going to do pies. Mm. And, you know, like we did start doing desserts later, but we just wanted to for the first at least year. We just only did pies, nothing else. No bread. We've never done bread. Mm. I Me and yeast don't work that well together anyway, well, to it. tell the honest truth. So, and so, yeah, we just focus on pies and it, it was, you know, like I, we just wanted to do different pies as well, you know, not just your stock standard sort of steak, steak and mushroom, steak, bacon, cheese and, you know, like a vegetarian vegetable stack pie or something like that, mm. you know. So, yeah, and so we just sort of, we always have changed our menu. Uh, We always sort of put new pies on as well. So Mm. that's a bit bit unique as well, you know. We're we're sort of like. Was that an idea from the start? From the very, very start. Yeah, right. Always, always, always. And so it sort of was a bit hard at the start because people would sort of come in and go, Oh, I had this pie the other day and oh, we changed our menu. And so. But then they, the guys, you know, the locals and that started to understand that it would come back on if people asked enough for it. Yeah, right. If they enjoyed it, you know, and so that's how we just... If we put a pie on and no one asked for it again, we just wouldn't put it back on. Mm. Right? So, But if people kept on coming in and asking for this particular pie and just use uh, the butter chicken, for example, and if they asked for it enough, it would end up becoming a permanent pie. Then it stays on the menu. Then it stays on the menu. So, yep. yeah, and like that's that's what happens with a few of them and now... We've got so many permanent pies that we're sort of running out of room for all the specials. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because they get requested. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You'll get crucified if you take if you take oh, certain yeah. ones off. If
1: we took butter chicken off the menu, <laughs> there'd be riots. <laughs> there would be riots. All right. We're, <laughs> we're going
0: to get to your menu shortly, but I want to keep going on this these initial stages because I, I find it fascinating. Now, when you when you first started, did you like, frankly? there's still a lot of really shit pies out there. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot. I had a pie the other day mm-hmm. and I didn't finish it. And, like, yeah. I was hungry yeah, and I didn't finish it. Mm. Just a chunky steak pie from the stock standard Aussie bakery, yeah. you know, that you find in every little town. And the base was soggy. The top, I mean, the best part of it was the The lid with some sauce on it, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> the base was the base was soggy, <laughs> and the interior was like that sort of wood glue, sort yeah. of just it tasted like nothing. Yeah, no seasoning, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. Just a bit of texture and a bit of mush. Did you notice at the beginning that there were a lot of shit pies around? And that without you a doubt, could, yeah. You know,
1: like it was one of the things. Obviously, we sort of like we had done a bit of a trip around Australia a couple of years earlier, and like we were just eating pies every. You know, I'm just not coming across that greater ones, you know mm. I mean? And like Australia are very proud of their pies, and we love our pies, you know. And so that's the thing. Another thing with the baking industry, it's just the margins are so tight. Mm. Just especially the ones that are sort of got to try and they're trying to do everything, you know. The the bread, the desserts, the pies of this that that's where the corners get cut, and they have to really, really screw the the cost of everything down, do you mm. know. What I mean? And so. That was one thing we just did not. Nah, we're just we're still going to try and do restaurant quality fillings, but mm. you know, like, um, but you know, that's was our aim, you know, like, and to not cut the corners, to not use really horrible cheap margarines. Like we only use butter in our puff, um, and it's just yeah, it makes the world of difference. Mm.
0: Did you so take me back to the Was your your current venue? That was that not the first? Was that the first venue? Yeah, that's the first location, only location. location. Yeah, right. We
1: were just driving around town looking for you know places and that come up with it. And I'm sort of umming and ahhing because it was basically a dirt paddock across the road. The fishermen used Mm. to roll their nets out there and all that, and it was just like I'm going, oh, it's not that. Far in town, but you know, but one of the biggest complaints about all the locals was there's never anywhere any park in town, mm. even 18 years ago, and so the parking's great. There is a. That's um, the main thing. That's yeah. the, that's
0: such a big deal. The parking uh, huge, yeah.
1: huge, and there's a there's a uh, hardware store next door, so they come in. Get all their supplies in the morning. Come and get a coffee and a you know and a pie and they grab a bit of lunch as well. And mm. sometimes you can snag the trifecta and they'll come at the family pie on the way <laughs> home for dinner. <laughs> Got go to go the family yeah, pie. We'll so get to the family was, pies.
0: Yeah. Um, so at the start, like when did you when did you start sort of testing? testing pastry recipes, testing, you know, your first menu of filling recipes and stuff. Was it when you got your venue, when you got your space, got your kitchen and that sort of testing began?
1: Yeah. So it, we, we spent sort of about five weeks, I think, from memory on, you know, like we were tiling and welding up counters and just doing all this shit that we just mm. probably shouldn't have been doing, do you know, what I mean? but yeah. it was just the only way we could get our foot in the door to afford it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I reckon it was about three or four days Sort of uh, before opening, and I realised I didn't know how to make a fucking pie, (laughs) (laughs) so that was nervous times. I mean, it was like because one thing I I really wanted to make sure is we're going to be self-taught and not get governed by the shortcuts of the baking industry. Yeah, like I, um, I just wanted to make sure that we stuck to our sort of our goal and our plan and our idea of of yeah. Doing it right, um, mm. and so yeah, we were self-taught. And like oh, I admit, like I would have served some horrible pies up the start at the start. Yeah, okay. looking back, but it was. But, but then I was still very proud of what we were serving because it's what I. It's all I knew. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But we taught ourselves as we went how to make the pastry better, how to make the mixes better, so they didn't fall apart. You know, in the pie, and it was just. It was a hard process, but it was, I think, eventually the best process. Yeah, 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 yeah so. for
0: sure. So tell me about the first menu. Like, was there anything sort of out there on the first menu or is it pretty standard? Or
1: Listen, you know, like we, we still, we always have had our traditional mince pie, our chunky steak pie, our steak, bacon, cheese. But, yeah, we did, you know, um, always have something straight away from the word go. I think we might have had a Moroccan lamb. We would have had definitely had a um, like a butter chicken. Uh, just listen, I wish. I think I might have some menus laying around somewhere. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of the original of the original menus. Um,
0: so what it, year was it? What year was the? When did you so open? Two
1: thousand three. So yeah. we just had our eighteenth birthday. um wow. in, in June, yeah, we opened up um, Coin's birthday weekend. Yeah. Uh, wow. Eighteen years ago. So. Awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. So that's.
0: So I mean. Yeah, like, I guess for some of the younger listeners or, or whatever, but, like, in 2003, there weren't that many places. You might have seen the odd... Like, I I think a curry pie is something that graces the menu of lots of pie shops in Australia, but it's a very specific type yes. of curry pie, which yeah, is basically yeah. just a, a mince pie with curry powder in yeah, it. a bit of Keynes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of Keynes. And that's it. But, uh, yeah. but doing things like butter chicken and mm. Moroccan lamb and sort mm. of things like that back in 2003, that was very few and far between when mm. it came to pie yeah, shops. Yeah,
1: without a doubt. And it's... Listen, uh, there wasn't a huge amount of internet getting around back then either, so you couldn't just jump on Google and get a butter chicken recipe or a lamb sarguela recipe. And so, it was by feel and taste. You know, I'd go up to Sydney and go and eat a, go to maybe Tandoori Hut on Moore Road. I don't know if you've ever mm. had that joint. I love the place, um, and I'd eat a curry and then come home and go, okay, I want to try and turn that into a pie and mm. figure out how to. And and so, yeah, it was still. Still very self-taught, even in regards to the mixes and stuff like that. It was, um, yeah, it was just by taste and by yeah. feel. And yeah, was
0: what was the response to like you know things like a buttered chicken pie in two thousand and three? Like were people sort of coming to coming to the shop and just still buying the chunky steaks and things like that? Oh, maybe we'll try that. Like, was it a good response straight it away? Did
1: it did take a while, you yeah. know, to to get the to get it known that there was you know a different pie in there than just your your standard aussie bakery pies um and so but it just as they sort of tried the the standard ones and enjoyed them and come back and yeah it was just it was time it took a long time it mm. took oh i reckon five plus years before it really started to sort of you know just take off all the other ones that we do you know mm. and it was you know like as as i saying, you know grant Uh, not growing up but cooking in restaurants you know like you you want to try and create all these different dishes and it was sort of hard at the start watching all these ones that you put a lot of time and effort and passion into and they weren't really moving do you know what Mm. I mean but slowly slowly it got there yeah mm. and
0: so so at the start like for that first five years or whatever it might be was that you know, like, how was the business going? Was it was it tough to sort of get the word out that you guys were doing something it was a bit so different? so tough. Yeah. It was
1: really, really hard. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and going back to because I was self-taught as well with the with the pies, do you know what I mean? It just wasn't automatic. We're just making these amazing pies straight away. And so it was a process. Um, and we were – we'd never been in business before. And mm. so, we you know, we were making mistakes, even just that side of things. Mum and dad had never been in the sort of the food industry as well. And so that was hard for them to get their sort of heads around a bit as well. Um, and so, yeah, it was a learning process. Um, definitely would have done things differently uh, looking back. But I'd, at the same time, I still wouldn't change anything though as well, you know, because mm. it's just, it's been a journey and it's been, had its highs and lows. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's been amazing. You know? Do you think that,
0: was was the decision to open a pie shop, did you kind of look at it and think look, you know, we've got a lack of experience in terms of running a business and in order to simplify things, just having one product, you know, vast majority is takeaway. Like, well, it is Mm. is takeaway. I mean, some people will sit out the front and stuff like that, but you don't need, you know, waiters and things like that. You're not doing like you know, a full-blown service where, you know, everything needs to be prepped to the minute because you've got mm. bookings and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Was that a part of Was that a part of the decision-making Without process? a
1: doubt, to, to keep costs down and stuff like that, like especially down the south coast nearly 20 years ago,
0: mm.
1: you don't want to be having someone, you know, like on a Tuesday night, you know, like on the floor and then another chef in the kitchen in the middle of winter, there, just in case you get a walk-in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was, it was a very, very different place 18 years ago, um, and we're we're spoilt for choice nowadays around town. It's a ama- there's such amazing restaurants and cafes and everything, but back then it was it was very very quiet. Yeah, and so to to go into a cafe or a restaurant back then it would have been a a real a bigger risk, I think. Mm. Um, and so pies was definitely a a thing that we were looking at in regards to. It, it, the product's ready, it's there. And so they walk in, they buy it and they go. Do you know what I mean? And it's a very, 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 simplifies everything. All the hard work is done before the customer walks in the door. Um, and it's a good all year round one as well because mm. it's just like, there's more people here in summer that's hotter and stuff like that, but there's less people here in winter, but more people eat pies in winter because it's cold. You know, mm. and So it just was a consistency thing of just trying to sort of, have a product that sells all year round i suppose Mm. and you're not like
0: i think when it comes to when it comes to cost of goods and trying to price them out and stuff like that like if you are spending more money on um if you are spending more money on your ingredients than you know the regular bakery or whatever it might be to try to improve that quality you can sort of price them up a little bit if people recognize and you know I mean, do, what were your, what did your pies cost, you know, at the start?
1: Yeah, listen, it's funny because, like, people always had a um, a perception that we were a bit more expensive, do you know what I mean? And, like, uh, and, you know, like, you pay for what you get, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And, and like, I, I sort of believed it as well, you know, like, because... I've never been a the figure side of thing, the money man or anything like that. I just purely, purely based on I just want to cook some really, really yummy food yeah. and see a smile on someone's face. And so in regards to the, the financial side of things, I was pretty crap. And so I never really took much notice of it. And But then Dad, well, like, um, he'd sort of go, started going around and going to sort of other bakeries around and going, Hayden, we're actually cheaper than... <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're cheaper. Yeah, right. You know? And it's like... It was a bit of a surprise, do you know what I mean? And and so that was sort of starting... Like, that was after we'd sort of got it pretty busy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, five to eight years down the track, do you know what I mean? We started to get a bit of momentum and so... That was surprising. Do you mean it was just a perception thing that we would have been more expensive because right. it was different, but we weren't? Yeah. You know? and so that's interesting. Yeah, and yeah, it was just a bit of a bit of an eye opener to mm. tell you the honest truth. So mm. yeah, the,
0: yeah, I, I guess I guess the point I was going to make, but it, it's kind of redundant now, is that even if you do have to increase the cost of a pie, it's still not going to increase. To a point where people can't afford it. You know what I mean? Or don't want to buy it. Like Mm. people that understand that it's good are happy to Mm. sort of part with an extra dollar. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is, rather than have to part with an extra twenty bucks at a restaurant. Exactly,
1: yeah. And so we do a lot of game pies. Do you know what I mean? And so people sort of are really, really interested in all the game pies that we do, like we do crocodile, we do camel, we do uh wallaby stew and stuff like this. And so people are always want to try it, but as you said they don't want to walk into a restaurant and pay 30 40 bucks just in case they don't like it but you know like if mm. they pay 6 bucks 6 bucks 50 and just to try just the experience of trying that stuff do you mm. know what I mean and so yeah, yeah absolutely it's um it's a good vessel for trying different foods yeah it's great I mean? it does it,
0: and i think that like something that we always return to a lot on this podcast is sustainability and you know putting offal in pies using game Mm. and that sort of thing and we always think about how the hell do you make it more accessible to people because Mm. as you say people like what are you going to do you're going to pay 25 bucks at a restaurant for an entree that has you know some some game animal in it like it's not it just doesn't sell a lot of the time yeah yeah and so making it more accessible like not only is that keep it interesting for you guys Mm. and make some cool pies and things like that but being able to expose people to those types of ingredients and stuff yeah. like that's beneficial
1: like we, we've got kangaroos everywhere in yeah. australia we've got <laughs> rabbits running around just ruining the countryside you yeah. know like and i just i just for life me i can't understand why we eat a farmed rabbit do you know what i mean and so mm. we <laughs> we're, like i'll only use wild rabbit because yeah. it's just the way forward you know mm. they're bloody delicious um they're not everyone's cup of tea but the thing is, we can't even get them now because no one's going out shooting them. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because you got to pay someone a lot of money to go out and shoot them. And so, yeah, it's it's just it's it's what we should be eating. We should be eating kangaroo. Yeah, we should be eating rabbit. You know, stuff that's out there. Yeah. So obviously, we sell a lot of beef. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not knocking beef at all. But mm. we should be you know eating a bit more of the stuff that's accessible to us. Mm. There. We've
0: we've spoken to a lot of. You know, we we spoke to Mark from Three Blue Ducks recently, who's a big um, a big hunter, and the fact that we don't, the fact that we've got so many of these animals in the wild here Mm. in Australia that are easy for people to harvest, and but there's no avenue for commercial commercial Mm. sale for 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 those animals. A A lot of of the time, they just got to
1: go through the rap at the abattoir. Yeah, and so there's only one or two specialised ones. You know, and so it's just—it's really, really hard.
0: Have you looked into Have you looked into, you know, trying to find avenues for you to get that stuff directly, like work with local hunters or anything like that? Like, I mean, there's a lot of kangaroos getting shot in Canberra and Mm. stuff. Yeah, listen, we
1: like as once again, it's it's got to go through the right yeah channels, and like we've got guys that come into the shop and they'll go out deer hunting, and they'll come in. And I'll give them a whole heap of pies and yeah. they'll give me a whole beast. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I'll just, I've got to take it home and put it in, you know, just portion it up and put it in my freezer because I can't sell it in the shop. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the best meat in the world. Yeah. It's just so good. It just, it just seems like such a waste that yeah, we can't totally. be using it. But at the same time, obviously there's health and safety reasons why you can't. It's got to go through the, through the right channels, you know, but it's just it we need that accessibility, do you know what I mean? Mm. And say so it is, uh, yeah, I don't know how to do it. You know, I don't know who, who can do it. How you start doing yeah, it, yeah, it's, a long, it's a long process. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, tell me about, you know, say five years in or or six years in or something like that, was there a moment where something, something happened and you guys started to sort of gain some momentum?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the, like... One, one thing that um, sort of, another thing that we realised and we sort of took note is uh, a lot of people just thought we were just this little tiny little pie shop, um, you know, selling 50, 100 pies a day and stuff like that. And we, we sort of kept it like that, I suppose, and didn't really sort of make it known how busy we were because people looked at it as a lovely little family run business. And um, and it just, we just started getting busier and busier, but I don't think a lot of people knew how busy we were and we just sort of made a conscious decision one day and said, listen, we're just going to start actually telling people how many pies a day we're selling. Do you know what I mean? Just to put it out there. And it's like people were thinking, you know, 100, 150 pies a day, but we were sort of at that stage, we were selling 1,500 to 2,000 pies a day. Fucking hell. But now it's like we can sell up to over 3,000 pies a day in our real busy times. Yeah. And so... We sort of just put it out there because I think um, I think that had a real, it really helped us again. Do you know what I mean? It, it created more of a buzz and uh, of how busy we are, and obviously people want to see busy restaurants because you're getting quick turnover of food and it's fresher and stuff like that. And it just yeah, it was just an interesting thing that we made a conscious decision to start telling a lot of the suppliers, a lot of the locals, a lot of you know how busy we were, and it actually. Made us busier It makes sense Mm. I think
0: Especially for something Like a pie shop Yeah Because like If you're Busy busy and big And well known And Mm. you're a pie shop You're obviously doing Something right Mm. You know what I mean Like if You know Yeah sure If you're Like you could be making The best pies in the world And only be selling 150 a day In a little corner Somewhere down on the south coast And no one knows about you But like I think the thing that attracts people is knowing that knowing that you know it's yes. successful, and mm-hmm. there's a reason why people go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. For so, sure. Yeah. so yeah, so and so, yeah, so like, so was that sort of did the momentum sort of happen progressively, or was there sort of a time where it sort of started to started to gain traction like quite quickly, and then you were like, shit, we've got like we need to increase our production we need to change how our kitchen's working all that yeah. sort of stuff
1: L- listen as as we got better obviously we got busier as well um so without a doubt but then it got to a stage because we all just we just used to cook it and uh make everything on on site and then it just we just run out of room and so we bought an off-site kitchen just um uh, down the road it's only got like 500 mm. meters down the road and set up a really really full-on sort of Big cool room, massive oven, heaps of you know gas stoves and stuff like that, and that was probably about eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, nine years ago maybe, and that then gave us more scope to do more things yeah. and and be uh, more efficient, and so it just meant we could put more time and money into uh, making better mixes and better just yeah it just made everything better you know mm. and so that had a knock on effect as well you know mm. so sort of some people sort of do like to see that has to be on the same premises but we were nervous about cooking our pies off site but i think that's a you know not a not much of a, i don't think it's much of a problem do you know what i mean? don't just, think so at all yeah and i just, think that
0: people like i mean people like me or people that understand anything about how any type of hospitality business works mm-hmm. it's like you can't. I mean, especially when it comes to a small, a small town pie shop. Mm. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna move the volumes that you do, it's just yeah. it gets to a point where it's just completely impossible to yeah, do it yeah. on site. Yeah. You know.
1: And like we'd, we'd love to have a bigger premises and have it all on one, but we just love the position where we are. Yeah. We
0: just
1: don't want to move. You know, nah. Love it. <laughs> it's yeah. Such a good spot.
0: And so, so you, you, you got that. You, you would have been. You would have been in heaven once you got that new premises. Yeah, absolutely. All the new equipment and, and oh. like more space. Yeah, yeah. But
1: then it only lasted like four years. When like oh, when we first did it, I was like, oh shit, what have I done? The size of this cool room is so mm. big and yeah. this and that. But we just got so much busier again. Now we've outgrown that, and we're sort of going, well, what are we going to do? You know, we we need to sort of think of the next step. Yeah, right. There might be a next step one day, but just whilst all this crap's going on in the world with pandemics and all that and we're going to just sit tight for a while and just see what happens but um but yeah I just I can't believe how quickly we run out of room yeah that as well you know so well
0: that's uh, I mean that's the hallmark of so many successful businesses and yeah it's uh common across all industries I've got a friend that has a construction business that's quite successful and you know they 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 leased a big warehouse um, outside Canberra in Queenby and, and the first time they they got this big workshop, they're like, "Shit, what are we going to do with all this space?" And then in one year, they need a new yeah. new space. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And and that's mm. how it works. And yeah. you know if you if you're doing things things right, then then it should work out. Yeah. You should be able to fill that space, yeah, exactly and you have yeah. obviously. Mm. What is um, what is your what does your day look like these days? When it comes to, you know, are you are you working on mixes? Are you working on pastry? Are you, like, are you changing menus? What are you, What are you doing these Listen, days?
1: My life is just weird. Like, I just <laughs> I fill in gaps here and there. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like I don't really I don't I don't even know what I do anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, like last week, I was uh, like our head baker was off, sort of thing. So I was just sort of just helping the guys in the kitchen just sort of, um, you know, just doing what they got to do and just pointing them in the right direction. This week, you know, someone will, next week someone's away, so I'll just cover annual leave. I Some <laughs> might be on the pans one week to cooking all the mixes, might be making the pastry the next week. Then sometimes I get a week where it's just like, well, do they even need me? Do you know what I mean? And then I try and just do all the shit that you don't get around to doing mm. and that's like... Office work and all that stuff, and I can't handle it. I'm Mm. useless at it. That my wife does a lot of that, but she's been pretty hands on lately, so uh, I'm trying to pick up the slack with that. But
0: that's it, all rounder. It sounds like that's all rounder. Sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of business owners. Yeah, Yeah. which
1: is which is good. I'm not sort of much on the (laughs) roster anymore. Do you know what I mean? So I was trying to be on the roster, trying to run a business. Yeah You know like with staff You know like there's over 30 staff there Far out And so you sort of Got to be their mother Their brother Their lover Whatever Do you know what I mean To a lot of people And try and sort of You know cater everyone's needs um, and it's, it's really hard when you're on the roster. Mm. Yeah.
0: Those staff that are in the kitchen these days, do you do you employ chefs or are you sort of train
1: cooks and stuff to be able to execute yeah, your menus? It's a bit of a mix of everything, you know. So we we at the start, I was always just trying to hire chefs, hire chefs, hire chefs, but it was just the wrong thing to do. Do you know what I mean? We just we uh, just needed guys that would come in and um just learn, you know. Yeah. Like and so we, we've trained a lot of people just from with no food background at all um and that's been very successful but there's also guys that come to us now um that that, that have worked in restaurants and stuff like that and we've got a good mix do you know what i mean it's yeah. just yeah, it's half and half in the kitchen you know sort of you know sometimes a guy will come off the boats you know that's been working on the long liners or whatever and just wants a change of pace and um so yeah we sort of will we'll te- teach them you know what we want what we need mm. um and we' we've tried to hire bakers and not a whole heap of bakers sort of they come in and don't sort of really either agree with what we're doing or they can't get their head around why we're doing it the hard way. You know? yeah. so but you can do it so much easier and quicker and cheaper this way. It's like well, no, we don't want to do it like yeah. that. You know? so, <laughs> yeah yeah, so yeah, so
0: a mix. Um, have, do you
1: find it hard to find stuff down here? Ah, uh, we've really, really struggled. The last eighteen months, really? Yeah, it's been really, really hard. It's been uh, obviously with um, the pandemic and all that, and like there's just no sort of we, we, we've advertised for a kitchen end for twelve months, we can't get one. You know? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've just got a couple of guys now, um, and the, you you get by, you make do, do you know what I mean? But it's just like, oh Jesus. What do you think of... that's
0: down to? Do you think that do you think that there are, are people down here that would prefer to just Use government support and, and, and not be working? Is that a part of it, you reckon? Or what do you, what uh, do you think it is? There's a little
1: bit of that. There's a little, like, I, I thought everyone was like me, where when I just wanted a full time job. I wanted all the hours you can give me. You just want to work, 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 work. But listen, to a lot of people's credit, they are down here for a lifestyle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, and they want, they only want to do 20 hours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just tick along and, and, Good on them. I wish I could be like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mm. It was, uh, you know, like it's a, it's a different sort of. They're probably going to live longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Less totally. Stress, you know, yeah, I think that. we all need to be aspiring for <laughs> yeah, things like that. Yeah, eh? exactly. You know, so it's, um, it, yeah. So th- there's a bit of mixture of sort of of that. Obviously, there's a lot of government handouts over the last 12 months, and so a lot of people got more money than, um, than usual, and so they haven't had to sort of do their sort of little top up 20 hours a week or something like that do you know what I mean mm. so yeah, it's been a bit of a mix and i just think with uh no backpackers you know traveling around australia yeah right of those roles have been taken up by aussies as well and so the other jobs like the kitchen hands or the you know just the the guy that you need to come in and roll a bit of pastry out or something is not as you know mm. there's there's not as a huge demand for people mm. you know to, to come in and take those roles yeah
0: it makes it makes me think about how difficult it must be then for for restaurant and cafe owners and things mm. like that because i guess you're you're fortunate enough where you know probably a minority of your your staff uh serving customers like mm. a lot of a lot of a lot of the people are sort of working in the in the background and yeah. and you can teach them to do their roles and then when it comes to customer service you're sort of standing behind a counter and you don't have to you know i mean there's a there's a there's a skill difference between serving someone a pie and serving someone a three-course fine dining yeah, meal yeah, with yeah. wines mm. you know so yeah trying to find those type of stuff down yeah. the south coast at the moment mm. like it, there's a lot of people that are yeah, absolutely
1: and, you know like the the restaurants around here would be Really struggling because they they do rely on you know like you go to a Cupids or you go to a small town or Guayla on that and you know you, you always get the odds sort of Frenchie working behind the counter just yep. passing through town for six months and they already have those skills of you know like that's what they do for a living is they are a waiter or a waitress and and they know how to do it uh, yeah every establishment has their unique sort of way of serving but the basics are there where so when those people aren't passing through town it'd be very very hard for those guys where we get people into the shop and just as long as you know like they they can smile and be nice and you know we'll teach them sort of how we like it done and yeah and it's it's just as long as they show up and be happy and be nice and Mm. be nice to our customers (laughs) that's That's all we want you know and yeah i think that's what people like about hayden's pies as well they always get good service yeah Yeah. exactly Mm.
0: um yeah. All right. Well, public service announcement out there. If you're down the south coast, um, Hayden needs a kitchen hand. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him <them> up. <laughs> um, all right, mate. I reckon it's time to start talking about the pies themselves. Um, let's. Let's 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 start from the ground up. So yep. let's start from the base of the pie. We want to get like this is like I told Hayden before we started this podcast. I say we'll talk half about the business and how it's grown, and we'll talk do the background, and then we'll just talk pies. Mm. So this is the part where we Ooh, get yeah. to talk about pies. My favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, what makes a good pie base? We're not even on the filling or the
1: lid yet. Yeah. So the base, obviously. That, that's one thing I sort of struggled with at the start because you, you listen to Aussies and they always... When they're talking about a pie, they don't want anything... They don't want it to be too much pastry, do you know mean? But you need a substantial amount so it doesn't break or fall out or, and stuff like that. And so you need a good solid base. So we do use vegetable shortening for mm-hmm. that um, and a good strong flour and that's that's really really important and fresh as well obviously you know mm-hmm. so that's that's the basics and you got to work the glutens and there's a bit of a trick and that took us a long time to 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 get our head around and that yeah. was yeah, yeah yeah that was a hard learning all that stuff and what works and what doesn't work cuz like for me the, the base is such a hard part because you, there's
0: places that try to sort of... I think there's places that try to use puff bases, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. It I, doesn't not, work.
1: I, I, like me personally, I mean, I don't think it really works because it doesn't cook out properly. Mm. You, you you need a short crust style mm. base. Um, and with with the puff, it just doesn't cook out enough and also it just doesn't hold its structure. Mm. And then you have to serve it in a pie tin like a foil mm. And then it sweats, and yeah, I like to try and avoid serving our pies in in foils because it does sweat. There's some some that we have to, because um, uh, that's a particular style of pie that we have to cook from raw, mm-hmm. um, and so. But yeah, it's it's yeah, I like like to serve it and try and use the base. Well,
0: that's that's I think so important in a pie is like, everyone's had a pie that's come in a tin, mm. and then. When the base is too soggy, it's almost impossible to eat. Because you have to kind of fold the tin in half just so you can get a bite of it. Like other than that, you're eating it with a fork. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And just scooping it yeah, out of there. Yeah, so like putting an emphasis on a on a pie that actually holds together and serving it without a tin means you've got to have some integrity in yeah, your base.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And and look, with pastry. The, the, it changes every day with flour and stuff. And so mm. you walk in, you'll be rolling out your, your base on 3.2 mil on a Monday. The next day you walk in, you roll it out at 3.2 and it'll be paper thin and falling over everywhere. And you've got to, with that first five minutes you're in the door, you've got to be able to make the adjustments and go, okay, I'm going to roll it out three point five. Yeah. Or as, it, as the, um, the, you get into winter and the pastry's colder... If you don't roll it out less, like if you roll it out at three, if you roll it out at 3.5, it'll come out at four and it'll just be too thick, do you know what I mean? Mm. So every day it changes. It really, really changes and you just got to be able to – got to have someone on your um, pastry sheet, like your roller, who sort of can be very adaptable and adjust – when they walk in the door because it changes every day mm-hmm. every day it's really 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 full on do you yeah.
0: do you get all your flour from the same place
1: yeah listen it's um there's always people trying to sell us flour we go through a fair bit we use manildra which mm-hmm. is it's, they're sort of nearly like a local sort of even though they get their their um, grain from the out west and all that, but they do a lot of processing of stuff up in our, um and stuff like that. So we get a fair bit of our stuff through there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: right. So, and but do you think that the variables when it comes to the pastry is it more to do with the environment or is it more to do with how the flour and the ingredients change?
1: It's definitely seasonal, um, you yeah. know, like say so you'll have a word to the reps and they go, This season, you know, it's we haven't got a great season out west, and so you know, like it's they call it a bit green, I think, and so um. Yeah, so you've got to adjust your water that you put in yeah. uh, and everything. And so you'll be able to tell the first bag of a new pallet straight away, you know, um, you know how much water you got to put in because you yeah. just be too wet or too dry straight away and you adjust pretty quick. But even your own storage, you know, like we've sort of um, – where we store our flour, if we stored it, you know, like downstairs instead of upstairs – that would have an effect on your flour as well, you know. So it's uh, it's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. bloody oath. Mm.
0: And so, do you use that same pastry across all your pies
1: for the base? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, pretty much for the base. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, everything. Yeah, like the only thing that really changes is uh, the process of some pies. And so, some pies we um, have like big metal pie trays um, and like roll out the base and. Cook the pie in those big metal pie trays and yep. strip them, and refrigerate them, and then yeah, as we go and we need them, we we cook them in the oven sort of thing. So, mm. but then there's sort of ones, so which
0: ones are like that? Which ones go through that process?
1: Basically, pretty much all our chunky steak varieties, all our lamb varieties, um, all our chicken varieties. Anything we do slightly different um, is like uh, when we do a fish pie on Friday. Um, And a couple of other little ones like a steak, lamb, shrine, bacon. Right. With a pie, you really, really, really need to cook it and then get it cold. If you cook pies and serve them straight away, well, this is my theory, and this is because this is how we like to do it because our mixes are very, very different. What we put in the pie Mm. is if we cook those pies and then serve them straight away, they'll just fall apart. Mm. You've got to have your pastry set. Mm. and refrigerate and chill. And then the beautiful thing about that is then you only put in the oven as and when you need pies. Mm. And so they're not sitting in your pie warmer all day because you've cooked off, you know, 200, you know, of one particular style of pie. Mm. You only just cook off 20 at a time. Um, And then, you know, you just keep on... And then they're fresh. Topping them up, topping them up, topping them up. And you can top them up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amazing. All Um, right. so so yeah so it's the fish pie so does is that the like so they're the ones that where the the mix only needs a very short cooking time yeah yeah and, and so if yeah. you
1: if you bake them in an oven then put them in a fridge then then heat them up in a oven again it's just like yeah your prawns are going to go dry and your salmon's going to go dry and and same with the lamb's fry pie you know you only want your lamb's fry just to cook and stuff like that and so that's where you sort of start to have your your sort of differences. Um, yeah, and I just, that's when you sort of. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like,
0: that's the thing. And then that's like an indicator of why those pies that you serve are awesome as well. It's because the, you know, the lamb's fry isn't a piece of rubber mm. when you bite into it yep. or, or whatever it might be yeah. because you've paid attention to that and exactly, yeah. you've changed your process yeah. rather than just cooking them the same as all yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think before we move, because fillings is big for you guys. So yep. before we move to fillings, let's talk about the lid. Yep. So tell me about your. Yeah, puff.
1: Yeah, so um, we use Pepe say butter. Yep. Um, uh, he sort of makes a exact size sheet of butter for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he like we haven't always used Pepe because we've been around for a long you know sort of eighteen years and don't know how long Pepe's been going for. But um, so he approached us a year or two ago. Um, and so he says, what size butter do you need? How thick do you need it? This and that. And he was unreal to work with. Mm. And then so we just get like pallets of it just shipped down the south coast. Pretty much got a cool room just dedicated to his butter. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> and that we, we, just getting his buttering, we had to uh, adjust how we made our pastry as well. Because his butter's very, very, very uh, hard to work with because it's so soft. It's, oh, Jesus, mm. it's beautiful. It's good and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so the process used to be we'd get in in the mornings, make the dough for the puff, put the butter sheets in, wrap it, do the first couple of turns, a book turn and a half turn, put it in the fridge. And then once you've done everything for the day in the afternoon, you do the last two turns. But we started doing that with Pepe. Pepe's butter and just like, Straight away, the butter was pissing out of the dough mm. and all this stuff like this. We're going, oh, God, you know, I really, really want to make this work because when it did work, the flavour of the pastry is just second to none. Mm. You know, And so we figured out, all right, so let's get the butter in the dough, we call blocking up, and then just get them in the fridge and leave them in the fridge overnight. So we just left it there for 24 hours and then you get back in the morning, then start to roll out and then, oh, okay, yeah, we're onto something here. And so we just basically had to change in reg- how much we've got ready. So you need to be sort of 24 hours ahead of yourself as mm-hmm. opposed to 12 hours ahead of yourself. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was a good learning curve, you know, but it was just sort of adjusting to what what your ingredients are. So yeah, pepe butter, good strong flour, a bit of water, a bit of salt. Yeah, And it's just the process of how to do the turns. And the turns, are the most, I think, um, confronting thing for someone who doesn't do it, mm. you know, because it is it can be a bit sort of daunting and a bit sort of, uh, yeah, you, you really, really got to concentrate. Can you
0: explain them to, like, give us a brief explanation for people that aren't aware of yeah. like, how, how it's, people it's, make it's, puff?
1: It's a hard process to explain, yeah. you know, like without visuals, but what you're trying to achieve is um, folding pastry over on top of itself. And so if you fold it over it, like two times so you'll end up rolling out again then if you do that two times again those two turns become six and then you keep on doing that process and so you're just folding the pastry on top of each other and that's where you get your layers of puff when you get a nice croissant or something like that or a sausage roll you can always see what they call lamination Mm. so the lamination is the layers of pastry that's been folded on top of each other and then which also creates air pockets, and that's where you get your flake from. So it's a bit of a hard one to sort of describe mm. unless you're sort of looking at it. But yeah, it's, yeah but I think it's, people can get a good picture. Yeah, I'm fascinated with it. I love it. Really? It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's such a great process. And you know, some days you sort of you get it just absolutely spot on and perfect. The other days, oh gee whiz, you know, probably could have you know rolled that a be thinner before I folded those turns. And yeah, and it does it does change as I said on a daily basis. But it's just to me it just blows my mind how anyone ever figured that out you know 100 200 years ago or how long they've been making puff pastry yeah, know, for it's right. like that is just genius yeah. it's just, it's amazing <laughs>
0: have, right? you ever, have you ever made croissants
1: no no not 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 at the um not at hayden's pies i've played around with it a little bit do you know what i mean just mm. at home and stuff like that you
0: see people who who just fall in love with the process yeah. like you do of making a puff mm. and then croissants seem to be sort of like the most you Know the most focused manifestation of oh, puff pastry yeah, science without a doubt. And yeah. so, people just get go down the croissant rabbit hole and yeah. they get stuck.
1: Yeah, and like we've got the, <laughs> the down in Melbourne, they've got you got loon and stuff like mm. that, and there's a couple other places popping up now. And it's just, yeah, people are absolutely psycho about it, aren't they? Yeah, I can understand why because, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so, and so, what are you looking for at a final product when it comes to the puff and the lid? A, a nice. I mean, flavour, of course.
1: Flavour is really important. That's why we love using the pepe, mm-hmm. um, and also you—you you like flakiness, you know. Like yep. you, you, you got to end up with some on your shirt. That's just. <laughs> I was day, just about to
0: say that because, like, <laughs> I always when I get one of your pies, I'm generally on my way because I live in Wollongong, but I got my house in Browley with my sister, and I generally just whenever I pass Hayden's pies, I want to stop and get one, and like the amount of. Hayden's pie Puff pastry flakes That have been like On my shirt Or down my seat Or whatever Because I always yeah. eat them in the car Yeah I'm yeah. always eating
1: your pies In my car Without a doubt Like I've, I've got pastry crumbs In my car Without yeah. a doubt It's just it, It's just the It's just the way of life You know It's yeah. just, That's just pies You know Like if If you're not getting You know Flaky pastry on your shirt After you've eaten a pie It's just The, the pastry hasn't been made right already. Totally Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, totally yeah. agree with you
0: And it's like I don't know. Yeah, there's you just you just have to deal with it. Really, mm. like yeah. what else are you gonna do? Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, let's talk about feelings. Tell us. Let's start. What, what's your most popular feeling?
1: Listen, our most popular feeling would have to be the butter chicken. I think really yeah, more yeah. so
0: than the steaks.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, and it's it's it gets the most attention and the most spoke about on social media. Mm. Um, it's just yeah, there's just something about that pie that people just love. They love it, yeah.
0: So what – Um, like if I think of a butter chicken that I have at uh Indian restaurant, mm. I'm thinking that the – uh, it's 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 too wet to be a yeah. pie filling. Yeah. So tell us about how you kind of refined that to, yeah. to make it a good pie filling. This,
1: this is where you've got to adapt. You yeah. Know what I mean? and so it, it's just – you can't just, yeah, as you said, just get a – butter chicken from an Indian restaurant and put in the pie because it'll just fall fall out everywhere and it, it'll boil out of the pie as you're cooking it and so it, it is gets down to playing with recipes um and we basically the process is a lot of stuff around as well we've sort of adapted a couple of little things in our oven to try and get that not that it's a tandoor but it's like we get that sort of real nice charcoal to the the marinated chicken thighs and stuff like that. Once we've marinated, so let's go. Let's go through the process. Yep.
0: Marinate the chicken thighs. Yeah, what are you, so what are you marinating them in?
1: I, overnight yogurt. We make our own sort of curry paste of ginger, coriander. So you made that garlic, yourself? All, all, from scratch. Wow. Um. And then so we just put a little bit of that in with the tomato paste, yogurt, that sort of curry paste, a couple other spices, a bit of paprika, um, and then we get these what you call wires uh, above roasting trays and you so and you separate it. And so you get it, you put it in the oven. So you're getting that real nice sort of, you know, when you see a bit of um, chicken that's come out of a tandoor, mm. you get that nice crispy sort of charcoaly bit. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So that's, that's the first process. And then once you've got that chicken cooked, that's when we then go and start making our, our own sauce, our own curry paste on the stove. And then you, get that into your into your pot with your sauce and so uh, listen um, to go through all the spices no stuff, don't go through all the spices so far, right? just, but it's a
0: bit i think but anyone that's cooked butter chicken at home it's a process mm, like it's it a, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah. it's not just like chucking a bit of curry paste and a few spices together mm. and things like that yeah, like yeah, adding yeah. all the butter and yep. yeah
1: yeah and everyone has their own sort of take on it you know like you can go to Two or three different Indian restaurants in Newtown—they they all taste different. Mm. That's that's the beautiful thing, do you know? What I mean? And this is our take on it. Um, the uh, the the thing that we have to do is make it less saucy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that works for the customer because they get more chicken. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, and we just you, we thicken it with a little bit of corn flour mix, and that's yeah. that's the difference. Do you know what I mean? Where you'd never ever thicken a, a curry in a restaurant that you're going to serve. Um, you know. So, but you yeah. have to thicken that 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 little bit just to get it into your pie, so it doesn't boil out everywhere. So, how yeah.
0: do how do you avoid overcooking your meat in like for the, for the cook off of the pie?
1: Yeah, so that's gets down to your cuts of meat, right? Yeah, and that's that's the most important thing. You know, if you put chicken breast in a pie, some people prefer chicken breast. Do you know what I mean? But it just goes dry. Yeah, it's, it's just it's. So, you, what do you use? We use chicken thigh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then gets a beef. We only use chuck steak, just low and slow. Yeah, you know, like we're cooking off batches, you know, 150, 250 kilos at a time, and it takes about five or six hours. Do you know what I mean? And and that's at the base of our chunky steak mix. Um, and it's just it is if you use the good, you know, slow cook cuts like your chuck steak, the the moisture stays in there. There's a little bit of fat content. Yeah. fat's really important. And yeah, and that's that's. That's yeah, nice and low and slow.
0: So maybe. tell us more about the tell us let's let's get into the chunky steak one because I mm. think that's a, another favorite. Like that's the, that's the kind of the measure of a lot of good pie shops mm. is like Without they'll, they'll measure it on the yeah. on the chunky steak. Yeah. Um, what el- Like what else goes into the mix and into the gravy and things like that other than your beef?
1: Yeah, so we keep it really, really, really simple. It's literally we sear off all our meat. Um, chuck it in this massive pot, cover it with water, cook it nice and nice and slow, and thicken it with gravy. And yep. that's all we do. That's and all we do. It season really, it. Yeah, just season as we're sealing off the meat. Just season with salt and pepper. Yep. And then we just thicken it with gravy powder. And wow, that's it's very very simple. And but it's just it's getting back to the meat. It's really really important how good your meat is, and what cut kind of meat you use. And that's mm. I think that's the secret. Yeah.
0: How do you let's let's talk about some of the like how do you how do you come up with you, as you said you've got an ever changing menu. How do you come up with you know what's next? Because yeah. you've got a lot of and, and, and the thing about I the thing that I notice about your combinations is that your fillings, I can tell that they're made by a chef. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I when I've eaten your lamb sagwala pie. Mm. The spice mix is an authentic, authentic mix. It tastes authentically, mm. you know, it tastes authentic. Yeah. And, you and can
1: tell it's on a jar. You can tell it's like it is completely from scratch, you know. And right. So that's that's the most important thing, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's to, to come up with those, it literally is, as I was saying before, you just, you you know, like me, me and the kids, you know, even Caroline might go away on holiday and we just, We'll be out somewhere. We eat something. And go okay. That's great. Let's try and figure out how we can get that into a pie. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it's inspiration from going and eating. You know, uh, in other places around Australia, around the world, wherever. Do you know what I mean so, right? Yeah. So
0: you just always got the antenna out. It's yep. Just like yeah, what, yeah. what might be the next yeah, the yeah. pie filling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just gonna take you through some of my some of, some of, some memorable Hayden's pies that <laughs> I've had in my time, and we can talk about them. There's an awesome. Lamb and green olive and pumpkin. Yeah, sweet, it- potato, yeah. sweet potato. Sweet
1: potato. Yeah, we season the lamb up. We sort of marinate that bit of um, cumin and rosemary overnight, and olive oil. Then roast the lamb off, all shoulder, um, and then and then make a sauce. Yeah, it's a tomato based sauce, um, and then and then yeah, we roast some sweet potato off as well, and then yeah, and this nice beautiful. Big green plump Sicilian olive in there. When did you? When
0: did you get? where did you get the idea to chuck some green olives in there? Because it sets it off. Eh? Yeah, it, it makes does. It, it so works good. really well. And
1: it, listen, it stems from a pie that saying that it wasn't a pie. It was a pot pie, I suppose you mm-hmm. can call it. Years and years ago, I used to do it at a restaurant, and it was more like a lamb shank pie, and we used to chuck a couple of green olives in in that one. Do you know what I mean? And so it's literally once again it's. How can we get, like, because I used to love that dish that I used to do years ago. How can we get that dish into a pie? Mm -hmm. It was just sort of adjusting it. And, you know, obviously didn't do lamb shank, did shoulder, a couple other bits and pieces. The sweet potato works with it really, really well. And then you get the salty olive. And, yeah, and so it literally is just inspiration from somewhere else Mm. once again, you know. So, Mm. Mm. All
0: right. The the other one that I'm going to mention is, I'm not sure, it's chicken and porcini.
1: Yep. And is there chives. anything else in there? Yeah. And yeah, chives. Yeah, so that one is yeah, basically, as it's that, all it is, do you know what I mean? So once again, chicken thigh, um, but yeah, onions, garlic, cook off mushrooms as well. And then uh, like a cream-based sauce, um, we soak the porcini, dried porcini overnight, use some of that stock off the mushrooms, cook it all out, reduce it down, and then basically just a whole heap of fresh chives just chucked in uh, when the mix is cold, uh, we scoop all our pies mm-hmm. cold mixes, um, and so that gives you a nice fresh, you know, like chive flavour in there as well. You know, and yeah, yeah we do we do a lot of um, finishing our pie mixes with fresh herbs, and you know, like a lot of our curries have heaps of fresh coriander chopped through there, and so that, that, that's a point of difference as well. You mm. know, I just think that last that. Tiny little attention to detail, even with our Thai chicken curry, you know, like once that mix is cooked and chilled, we chop a whole heap of fresh coriander, get some fresh limes, squeeze it all in there, mix it all up there before we scoop it into the pie. And it's just that, just that tiny little bit of extra that makes all the difference. I reckon. It
0: makes a huge difference. Mm. Because, and it's, it's fascinating that you say that because like that's what you do when you cook a curry mm. you know what i mean it's like yeah. if you if you cook a a thai curry or if you you know make a i don't know what's a good example like if you're making some chicken and porcini whatever like it's a casserole or something like that mm. Adding citrus at the end, or mm. adding like adding a bit of acid at the end, yeah. and adding some fresh herbs right at the end mm. is is what you do to 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 give it some brightness yeah, yeah, yeah. before you eat it. And and it's so, what you do
1: in a restaurant. It's what you do at home, and it's this just, just because it's covered in pastry and you can't see it, you can still taste it. Definitely, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. I think with the with the chicken and porcini one, I just remember eating that and like thinking about all the other pies that I'd had that have mushrooms in them, mm. and I'm like, I wonder if. How much mushroom I've actually tasted in a lot of these pies? Yeah. You know what I mean, like because you can have a steak and mushroom pie, you can have a, like a chicken and mushroom pie, yeah. but a lot of the time, like the only mushroom that you taste is when you bite into a mushroom. Mm. But like with with this chicken and porcini one, I mean, porcini's is a, a bloody great ingredient, yeah. yeah. And it was, it's just so flavoursome, mm. so much flavour, and yeah. the seasonings perfect as yeah. well. So yeah. you're obviously, like tasting yeah. and seasoning as it's you
1: go. Listen, it's a big thing for me if. There is some ingredients written on the name of that dish. It's like, I just, I, you just have to have more than it needs, I think. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. has to really, really, to a person that's coming into your shop that's not from the food industry, do you know what I mean? They've just, it's got to be obvious. Mm. It's got to be really, really obvious that it's in there. Do you know what mm. I mean? And you've got to pack that flavour in there. If you're going to go out of your way to use that ingredient, to use the name of that ingredient, I want everyone who is eating that pie uh, to understand that, you know, to, to to make it obvious, you've got to be able to taste it. Mm. You know? It's really important, I think. You know? Bloody oath, mm. and then you can
0: um, tell us lastly about some of these other different types of game and stuff that you use. So you mentioned camel, crocodile, like how do those ones go? Did a lot of people say, it's buy just, those it,
1: ones. Like we didn't start doing game at the start. Do you know what I mean it was just like. Once I uh, would, you know, going for a few years, and I thought, well, we'll give a kangaroo pie a go, and then that worked really well, and then yeah, we did a, uh, I think, crocodile next, and then that gained a bit of uh, momentum. You know, local radio rang up and talked about yeah, it and okay. stuff like that, and it, it was just going, oh well, wow. every time we do one of these pies, it really people start talking about it in town. Start people start coming in. You know, I heard you've got a, you know, like a, a wallaby stew on and stuff like that. And yeah, yep, yep. And so it really, really helped getting our name out there. It wasn't just about people uh, that would come in and eat that pie, it was people who did eat that pie went out and started talking and telling 10 mm. other people, oh, I had a crocodile pie at Hayden's Pies or I had a, you know, wallaby stew or I had a camel chickpea and coriander, you know. And so it was just a really good advertising tool for us as well and so um yeah and it, it just and now we just you have to have them on because people come in specifically really? for the game pies and you know, so we sort of we're growing that now as well that we would do a wild boar and chorizo mm-hmm. that's that's so popular yeah right so so popular awesome yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: love to hear it mm. um Hayden, we've been talking about pies so much. I think it's time to eat a couple of pies. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna ta- we're gonna taste a couple of pies. We'll see how this goes. Hayden's got four. She's got three pies and a sausage roll. So the first one we're gonna do is like you said. This one's a little bit left of center. I'm gonna try to guess like what the fillings are. Yeah. And you're gonna and and uh, talk you through what I'm tasting, and I'll see how close I can get. No worries. Okay, All I'll right. cut it
1: up for you. Yeah. Awesome. I might put the microphone right next to the pie. Yeah, do so it. Can, do it. Um, Let's do the ASMR. My daughter will love the mukbang sound <laughs> of oh.
0: it. Listen to that.
1: <laughs> That's for you, Edith. All
0: right. So this is one where I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing what the feeling is. Yes. The yep. Okay. Here we go. ASMR.
1: Is it is it beef, booging yacht? No, no. It's a, it is a re, there is a red wine base to it. Um, that's basically the one that this is called a woolly jumper. This pie. Right. It's sheep and kangaroo. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of um, it's the old kids joke. What do you get when you cross a sheep with a kangaroo? It's a woolly jumper. And so it's basically it's a it's a good um, one for people that want to try kangaroo but don't want to go the whole you know, all the way sort of thing. So the lamb sort of sweetens it up a bit and lessens the kangaroo flavour, I suppose. I love kangaroo. We we do do a kangaroo and beetroot pie. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one is just a a little bit more of an introduction, you know, for people that sort of uh, might be a little bit scared of eating kangaroo. And once they eat it, like I've got a couple of guys at work that sort of don't really sort of... You know, like really kangaroo that much, yep. but this is one of their favourite pies. You there you know, go, because it's just sort of they're such a nice, yummy red wine gravy, onions, garlic. Simple. Is this a uh, is this a permanent one on the menu now? It's not permanent, but we always have game pies on the menu, so mm-hmm. we always changes change the game pies around. So things so this is just one of our rotating game pies, I suppose you'd call it. So thing. so
0: bloody good. I got it wrong. I, I should have paid more. I should have paid more attention to the meat. I was just like, "That's that tastes like beef, bringing yeah. young to me." Mm. All
1: right. What's next? Next, this is going to be pretty obvious as soon as you cut this one.
0: Okay, so this one's a steak and mushroom. Steak
1: and mushroom, yeah. Big roasted flat yes, field mushrooms. So you and, use field mushrooms for this? Yes, these. yeah, and big chunky ones, and that's that's what I was going back to before. Is, is if if if, if the ingredient is named on there it's got to be so obvious and so big on flavor you know and that's yeah i think that i'll take
0: it well no we can't take it too late now i should have taken a photo before but these pies are like they hold together so well i hope that people out there can understand that it's like we're just eating them off of a chopping board and they stay together mm. perfectly um, and that's and that's what you're looking for. And I love I love the the use of the uh, the the field mushrooms. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. And it just they, they're so so yummy. And people that love mushrooms just just froth these pies because they're just yeah, it's such a beautiful fresh mushroom flavour. Yeah, yeah. Do you have sauce on your steak pies? Not really. Um, I do. When I have a traditional mince pie, I do have tomato sauce on that for some reason. And but pretty much nearly every Excuse me. Every other pie, I um, I uh, I have. I don't. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of a couple of pies that we do that we serve little different flavored sauces um, with. Uh, you know, like say so we'll do a beef stroganoff and we serve a tub of sour cream with it and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, so I mean. perfect. So you don't really need tomato sauce with that anyway mm. you know, so
0: yeah, yeah. do you cringe when people put tomato
1: sauce on curry pies and, and that sort no of it thing? doesn't worry me yeah good I, I find it weird I find someone <laughs> getting a, a Thai chicken pie and then putting <laughs> tomato sauce on it I think that's bizarre mm. but I don't give a shit it doesn't worry me that's I, what
0: I like to hear from chefs out there because a lot of chefs have so such big <laughs> egos that if you ask them for salt or if you <laughs> you know if, if, if that dish if you want to intended put, more
1: salt there would be more salt in it you know? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, nah, get over yourself. <laughs> and the same with pies. It's like give the customers what they want. Yeah, exactly. You know, if yeah. they want
0: sauce on their Thai yeah. chicken curry pie, then yeah, let them have they it and
1: do it. Yeah, it's like there's a crumble of great big, massive bottles of sauce out the front of our shop, and people can just go along and just put as much as they want on. Did you, so.
0: did you, was that always the case or did you just yeah. like, yeah, just sell, you never it's just, sold?
1: It's one of the biggest gripes in Australia, I think, you know, people would uh, sort of always go on about, I had to pay bloody 20 cents for a sauce, can yep. you believe it, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, so straight away from day one, always free sauce. Free sauce at Hayden's Pies. Yep, keeping the torch alive. <laughs> exactly. you see seeing more
0: <laughs> twenty five cents, thirty cents for yeah. a sauce, and it's and it's the waste. Yeah, as it's well. The Hayden, the as waste, well. the
1: plastic. It's ridiculous. You know. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're obviously trying to be a bit more conscious of all that stuff nowadays, yeah. and to have that, you know, like for for no reason at all, you know. So yeah.
0: It's pretty much. I mean, yeah. I guess. I guess it's a it's a plastic free. Yeah, it's a pretty sustainable little thing. Mm. You've got a little bit of paper that the pie comes in, and yeah, you can put that yeah, in the yeah. recycling and yeah, you're yeah, done. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah.
1: bad. And we've adjusted a few things over the years, do you know what I mean? Look, we used to serve our Sunday roast in a styrofoam container, but now it's, you know, like it's cardboard and all that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's things you sort of you know you learn along the way and you know be become more aware of you know yeah cool yeah all
0: right let's get to the next one
1: yeah all right this is going to be blatantly obvious as soon as i cut this (laughs) and i'm going to pour a big tub of mint yogurt all over it okay awesome
0: so we've got the butter chicken pie here (laughs) that's it hayden's hayden's most most popular pie is the butter chicken pie i wonder how many pie shops there are in australia that have that their most popular pie is not a steak pie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, well, it's not even a, yeah, it's a butter chicken yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Good I'll luck. Turn, I'll, turn the, I'll turn the mic up <laughs> for this one. You can really hear it. Mm-hmm. I got butter chicken and yogurt all over my fingers.
1: I better get you a, a cloth, I That's think. okay.
0: But the beauty of that one is that it tastes like butter chicken. Yes. You know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't. Tastes like something out of a jar mm. or something out of a yeah. can or yeah. or
1: whatever. That's the thing, do you know, what I mean? and there are there are other places that does it a butter chicken pie. And, um listen, I I love our butter chicken pie, do you know? What I mean? And I yeah, I back it in over anyone else's <laughs> any <other. So laughs> What you, obviously which, I'm biased, but <laughs> Which
0: one do, do you do you eat like do you have one that, that you get more regularly than the rest? Absolutely. Which one?
1: Yeah, listen, there's just like, I, I eat pies every day. You know what I mean, I, I've got to, I just, after 18 years, I thought I'd be sick of them, but I just love them so much. I've got to stop myself from eating five a day, because I would. I just love them so much. But there's one pie, if it's on the menu, I just cannot not have, and that's the steak, lamb, fry, and bacon. I just love it. Really? It's so good. It's okay. Just the combinations of all those flavours is just Do you amazing. sell a lot of those ones? No. No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a People huge seller. People still get turned off we, we, by lamb fry, It's you one recommend. of those, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, obviously it's a, it's sort of a, a, an acquired taste and it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but it, and it's really only on the menu because I love it so much. <laughs> 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 but we only do it. We do it, it's just a bit of a... We do a, um, a weekly special pie of the weekend sort of thing and it does just come on once a month sort of thing, so... How
0: yeah. do the... Um, how... How do you go selling the family pies? You sell a lot of
1: family pies? Huge. Really? It's massive, massive. Yeah. And that's one thing we're sort of, they're pretty cheap for what they are. Mm. And so, but our motto has always been, especially with those, is just keep them cheap, keep us competitive with people sitting at home and eating our product. Do you know what I mean? And mm. so, um, it just, with the turnover is huge on them. Mass- we sell so many of them. We just, we do lots of different varieties as well, um, and so yeah, it's it's massive, yeah, mm. yeah. and it's just good. That someone's sitting at home at night and sitting around a table, and you know, they're with their family, and they're tucking into a Hayden's pie, and, you know, <laughs> know, a mash or a salad it. or whatever. And, yeah. I was
0: actually quite late to your family pies. Actually, I always it was always just like one or two pies. Eat them in the car before I get home. Yeah. But now. I don't know why I don't know why I was late to the party, but mm. but having one in the freezer, like they still go good from the freezer, oh, yeah. you know, like Absolutely. having having a Hayden's pie in the yeah. freezer, and such then such an easy dinner as well. That's it's it, like, a bit of mashed like, potato or something yeah, like that, and yeah. you're away.
1: We get a lot, a lot of people coming in, you know, obviously when people when things are back opened up again, you know, like people from Sydney that have been down the coast or whatever, they'll come in and just buy two three hundred bucks worth of cold pies, take wow. them home, chuck them in the freezer they yep. their next down here and stuff like that, and yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good.
0: All right, let's let's do the sausage roll. Yep, we'll finish on the sausage roll. Yeah, and now we'll our sausage
1: roll has always been a bit sort of people sort of either love it or hate it. Do you know what I mean? I just love it. It's just how my grandma used to make it. It is literally just meat and pastry. Do you know what I mean? We don't. There's a lot of a lot of places mix water and breadcrumbs with their with their meat, but yeah, we just just do meat and pastry, and that's it. Is it just pork mince? Yeah. It's actually beef. Oh, it's beef? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, your standard um, uh, uh, sausage mince can't have any pork in it. You're not allowed to have pork. It's, mm. uh, it's a, you can have a bit of lamb trim in there, um, but I find that it gets too fatty and it leaks a lot of um, fat out if there's too much lamb trim. Um, but it's it's mainly just beef. Yeah, right. Yeah. And
0: is there extra fat through that
1: yeah there's a bit of fat in there yeah. do you know what i mean because otherwise it'd be dry you know yeah. and so a bit of fat and yeah and that's it you know just meat and beautiful beautiful puff pastry yeah the
0: puff, the, the puff all the way all the way around and you get a good 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 edge on it as well mm. makes it makes a difference Yep, love it mm. um all right made an absolute mess <laughs> eating all these pies but we'll, we'll we'll finish them off once uh once we're done but um to finish off with let's i want to talk about your cookbook because oh, there okay. are people out there that don't know that Hayden's got a cookbook i'm yeah. cooking with hayden yeah um, tell us about tell us Tell us about that process, and I think that we should acknowledge Gary Evans at this point as well, Absolutely. who who mm. published that cookbook with you, who mm. um, sadly passed away yeah. um, recently, and it's someone that we both know through, through publishing and a bit of a guru here mm. down on the South Coast. Absolutely, legend. Yeah. 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 Um, Tell us, about, tell us about the cookbook and, and how that came about and where people can get it and that sort of stuff yeah. too. Yeah,
1: listen, it's sort of something that I never aspired to do. It wasn't something that I sort of woke up and go, oh, I want to do a cookbook. It was just chatting away with Gary one day. He said, do you want to do one? I said, well, I'll give it a go. See you know what I mean? It was bloody hard. Mm. Like you'd know. Yeah, mm. It's really, really hard. It it's, was an eye-opener to us. And we were trying to run a business, bring up a young family, trying to do a cookbook and it took us about 18, 18 months just you know, when when we could do it and I just am blown away by the process of it mm. I'm so proud of it it's just it, it is just yeah I really 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 love the book it's just come out amazing and like um the, there's not a whole heap left actually and so Gary he was so confident with how many we bought and I'm thinking you're mad mate but it was he was right we've only got Couple hundred left. Wow! You know I mean? so, and uh, yeah. and mostly sold through the shop. Yeah. So when um, uh, so it was th- through their bookshop. Um, yeah. Harvesty 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 books. Harbourside. Uh, and our uh, obviously th- the majority of us sold through the pie shop and just yeah. at, the, at the counter there. Because yeah, I, yeah. D- I
0: like I see that
1: stack that you've got there, and I just mm. think like do a, do a lot of people pick them up? It's amazing. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. We churn through them. Yeah. So we we without a doubt, I reckon sell. Like a cookbook every day, but mm. then you get obviously coming up to seasons where there's Christmas and stuff like that and yeah, we sell lots. Lots yeah. of cookbooks, yeah. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. That's that's really that's a that's a great little story of you know, independent publishing, mm. to be honest, Probably like my this. experience, yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's pretty hard to make money independently publishing mm. cookbooks. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah. so having one about a humble little pie shop in yeah. that yeah. that's almost out of out of print now and, yeah. and stuff's a, <laughs> yeah. a, a great, a great result. Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: that's no, really cool. Um... Anything else you want to tell people about, Hayden, before we finish up? Just stay tuned. Maybe some more things on the horizon.
1: Yeah, listen, I, we're, we're not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? We're going to be around for a long time, and we're never going to expand. Look, excuse me, we get the, a lot of people ask us, you know, oh, will you do a shop in Sydney, or can we franchise, or, you know, can I buy into a franchise? No. Nah. You're just, <laughs> just going to stay in Ulladulla. Just stay in Ulladulla. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race, I reckon. You know, just if you start – spreading yourself too thin it just you lose the the love you lose the the passion you know like and if if you can't be there on a regular basis like, not that I'm in the shop every day or in the kitchen every day I'm either in one or the other or my wife's in one or the other unless we go away for a couple of weeks it's pretty rare that we're not there and if you've got a shop somewhere else you just you can't put your input and mm. your love and your your passion into it you well the so. other
0: the other part of it is something that we discussed before and you've got this beautiful property you know 15 minutes from Isladullah looking out over pigeon house mountain and as we said a beach you know some of the most beautiful beaches in the world 15 mm. minutes away and yeah. you don't enjoy it yeah, you know exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. like so yeah. what are you gonna do you're gonna open one in Bega and you're yeah. gonna put one in Wollongong and one in Sydney and, and all of up a sudden on the road you're, all day and you're and on the road all day
1: yeah, more stress yeah too hard yeah i just want to sort of yeah and i just i love our pie shop i love the little shop you know it's just yeah it's i want it to stay that way yeah. if my kids want to take over it one day they can but it's bloody hard work yeah it's really 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 hard work yeah it is Yeah, yeah. have you have
0: you like do you sort of see yourself trying to trying to spend less time there
1: yeah listen I, listen i learned a lot of things last year you know with the start of the pandemic and stuff and just a lot of people did didn't they a lot of Mm. businesses learned a lot of stuff a lot of corporations learned a lot of stuff that you know not everyone has to be in the office you know 12 hours a day in front of the computer you know people started working from home and that and it's like well yeah I don't have to be there seven days a week you know we've got the most amazing staff they're so bloody good and so dedicated that I can take a step back do you know what I mean you've got to be around but mm. yeah, you don't want to walk away and not being there at all but yeah, yeah so I as I've got a bit older a bit slower um, yeah I sort of yeah I'm taking my foot off the pedal a little bit I don't feel as though you have to be there 80 hours a week and yeah I think running. and it's a funny thing in
0: uh in the in the hospitality world or probably in in any industry though a lot of people sort of wear their their busyness and the amount of hours they work as a bit of a as a bit of a badge of honour sometimes yeah. you know like that it's like a competition always, yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. see who can do the most hours each <laughs> mm, week yeah. and it, it really should just be the opposite yeah. shouldn't it it's yeah. like if we, if we can you know it should be a competition who can do the, less ta- the least <laughs> exactly. hours each week and still
1: have a yeah. have a comfortable life yeah yeah you see their kids more and you know yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely cool well let's hope you get there Hayden mate it's been an absolute
0: joy and we'll finish these pies up here before I get out of here Um, mate thanks so much for joining me no thank
1: you so much I'm starving I'm going (laughs) to eat some pies get into it cheers (laughs) cheers
0: Hello, dear listeners, Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at the Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or the Foodfight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.